Hey guys, welcome back to The Transfer. We are so excited that you're listening again today. Hi, I'm Jared. I'm Pastor Beck. We are just going to shoot through the end of chapter five, straight into six. So um, we missed going through these parts last week, so I'm just going to go through them super super quickly. So Jesus went to the other side, to the Gentile cities. You know that there was Gentiles there because there were pigs. Just giving you a chance to jump in there. Um, so we know he was hanging out with Gentiles, and good Jewish boys don't hang out with Gentiles. So the herdsmen tried very hard to get rid of Jesus, and it looks like they succeeded. Uh, the next part tells a story about Jesus healing a woman and Jairus's daughter. Now, what's interesting, Jairus was actually one of the rulers of the synagogue. What was the synagogue? Yeah, remember we talked about how uh, each different town or a, a village, um, maybe, you know, a close village would have a synagogue different to the temple. So the temple mm. was just in Jerusalem, but it was a, a meeting house, a gathering place where the word of God was taught, the scriptures were read. Uh, later on, I, th- I think actually it's in Luke, but uh, you will read where Jesus goes into the synagogue and he reads his portion mm. of the scriptures. So um, many of the the families would have a portion of the scriptures that they would be assigned to read in the yeah. year or in a, in a couple of years. And yeah, it was very much like, think about like a home church. That was the idea of the synagogue. Mm. No sacrifices there. That's what I think one of the main things. Right, no sacrifices. Yeah. It was a gathering place. Cool. Um, so Jesus heals the uh, synagogue leader's daughter, which is very interesting. Uh, Jesus didn't have a great relationship with uh, religious rulers at the time. He didn't. Um, and then a crowd continues to follow him. The crowd continues to follow him and as they always do. And then a woman touches Jesus and she is healed from what's called a discharge of blood yeah so you got a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years and she's desperate and because of that bleeding she you know was considered unclean it's very similar i guess to the the leper and how they were outside so again she comes and she touches the hem or the corner of jesus garment and she is made whole Mm mm-hmm and yeah, those are the two major things that happen there. And then we're going to jump into chapter six. So Jesus is rejected at Nazareth in his hometown. That's tough. Yeah, verse uh, verse one, it says, And he went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by him? Isn't this the carpenter? The son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. So here, you know, um, it'd be like, you know, me growing up and going, Hey, didn't you go to East Hills Girls High? Nothing good comes from East Hills Girls High. That kind of, you know, yeah, same kind of thing. Uh, I'll continue on from there. And it's interesting. Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. That's an interesting way to put it. Um, And I just always confused me as a kid. And it says Jesus could do no mighty work there. He couldn't. Like, it didn't say Jesus didn't want to. It says he could not. Yeah, so literally their doubt Mm. and their unbelief Mm. uh, didn't create an atmosphere. Mm. It wasn't that he wasn't able to. Mm. 
Um, he had the power to do whatever he wanted to, but he didn't have the ability to come in or the freedom to come and do what um, he did because of the atmosphere and the way they were. Uh, so Jesus sends out the 12 apostles. Jesus says, hey, guys, here's some rules. Go out and share the message. That's basically what happens, but in a lot more detail than that. And then the death of John the Baptist, which is a quite a sad story. It was Jesus' cousin, if you remember, from one of the earlier episodes. Yeah, and you'll probably unpack that in your discussion group, so mm-hmm. enjoy that yeah. as you go through that. And the part of the chapter that we're going to focus on today is Jesus feeds the 5,000. Yeah, go ahead and read from us from Mark chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. Sorry, just hold up for a second. It says the apostles. Aren't they normally called the disciples, or is, am I imagining that they're... No, uh, if you have a look in verse 7, uh, he calls them, mm. yeah, he calls them the 12. Okay, interesting. Mm. I didn't notice that before. Yeah. Anyway, I'll continue. Sorry for the random interjection, everyone. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. Uh, remember, this is he sent them out with a bunch of instructions and said, go send the message. So they've come back to him. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to desolate place, to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all towns and got there ahead of them. <laughs> oh dear. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, something I definitely would not have for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countries and villages uh, and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Uh, sorry, yeah, five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in Okay, groups. a bit of an interjection there. We'll know from the other Gospels that the reason there's um, there's the, the food, the loaves and the fish is because there's a little boy yeah. who comes with his lunchbox and says, hey, I've got this. Mm-hmm. Solid parents to pack in. Yeah. Yeah. Five loaves and two fish. You could eat a lot. <laughs> uh, then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish, and those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Okay, so a couple of things. You know, in the story where they say, you know, should we take 200 denarii and go and buy them? 200 denarii represented around 200 days wages for a laborer. So they're saying close to three quarters of a year. You want us to take, you know, all of that money, Jesus, just to feed this this huge crowd. Yeah, something like that. But Jesus clearly intends for the disciples to do something different here and to trust him for the outcome. I love the fact that when Jesus gets the fish and he gets the bread, he does this amazing, he looks to heaven. Mm. And, you know, sometimes when we need a miracle, we try and do it ourselves. And 
knowing that the miracle could still come through us. I mean, mm. the miracle comes through Jesus' hand, but it says he looked to heaven. It says he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave it to the disciples to set before the people. Does it another version or another gospel say it uh, looked up to heaven instead of gave a blessing, gave thanks? Yeah, and blessing, it'd be like saying, you know, let's say grace before a meal. Right. Um, saying a blessing or saying thanks. Yeah. The thanks part has always stood out to me because Jesus is being thankful for something that would not look like it could ever be enough to feed even the 12 disciples. Yeah. That's something that always stuck out to me about that story. Can you think of another Bible story where God fed the people for a really long time from nowhere, out of nowhere, uh, maybe in the desert? Yeah, in the wilderness, perhaps for 40 years. Yeah, so remember, he's he's talking to the Jewish people. They yeah. know these stories of manna coming from heaven. Mm. And so Jesus is going to go, and everywhere he goes, he is about his father's business. He is there to remind them of the works of God. And he looks up to heaven, he blesses, and he breaks the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. There's a lesson here about giving, mm. that we can be close-fisted with what we have. Mm. But when we take what we have and divide it and share it, we can't outgive God. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great lesson. It says, and he divided the two fish among them all, like two fish with 5,000 people. Um, many uh, scholars would say that there were probably 5,000 males and they haven't counted the women and the um, mm. the children. So we're talking a lot of people. Yeah. This is, and they all ate and were satisfied and they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Okay, question. How many apostles did we just read were there? 12. How many baskets of leftovers? 12 doesn't take much to know there's a lesson that Jesus is teaching them there that I will do exceedingly abundantly above more you can even ask or think Ephesians 3:20 says mm. and it's according to the power that's already at work within us within Jesus in this case and he says and just so that you remember this you go home with your own basket of leftovers mm. I wonder if the, I reckon the little boy should have got a cut they should have had to <laughs> Maybe create, he a, did. create a 13th basket. Well, it doesn't say the disciples went away with it home, but it definitely, I reckon definitely they would have gone and collected them, yeah. you know, collected all the leftovers and put them in baskets. And I just think what a picture that was. Can yeah. you imagine the 12, you know, cane baskets on the ground, mm. you know, 12 leftover baskets and the disciples kind of standing there and there's one for each of them. And Jesus just going, is like, oh, you got one for each, huh? Wow, isn't that a coincidence? And it's funny. You came with nothing. Yeah. And he miraculously provides. Yeah, they took up 12 baskets full. Where does this sit for you? Because for me, it's much easier to read a story like Jesus coming in the storm and go, huh, I know how that makes sense to my life. I know how I can use that story to make sense of what I'm going through or to help me through what I'm going through. When you look at this story, what what's in this for you? I, I'm reminded that I can set limitations on God. Yeah. I can look at this looks too much, there's too much to do, there's too many people to help. I can't do this. And all he says is just give me what you have. Like, you don't have to solve everything. Mm. If you would just give it to me, give what you have to me, I know how to multiply it, get it into the right hands. I know how even 
to even give you more than what you know you know is even earthly possible and I think it's a I mean even I know money is an interesting topic for teenagers I started tithing and you know giving tithes and offerings as you know my first job I used to sing at weddings and uh, when I used to sing at weddings I'd come home with a little bit of a you know cash bonus for seeing at the wedding and started then began to tithe began to give to God and I think yeah I remember one of the first kind of messages I heard on on giving was this little guy this kid who came with all that he had and said yeah use it God no problem and I think uh, for me I think of that that I can give what I have to God knowing that he um, will take it use it and it's amazing to me that after all these years of me tithing and giving to God I, I can see his hand in how he totally blesses me in ways that I can't imagine yeah cool I think we need to leave it there yeah uh, just to uh, just to cut in on the rest of what happened uh, just to give you some background so Jesus walks on water it says immediately he sent his disciples into the boat this is after they collected the leftovers yeah and he sends them away and Jesus comes and walks on water uh, and then Jesus heals the sick in Gennesaret. Did I say that right? Or close mm-hmm. to? So he's back over on the other side. Yeah. And he's going to go and yeah go through the villages and the countryside and heal a bunch of people. Um, and listen here. It says, They laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment, just like the woman who reached out and touched the hem of his garment. They knew he had power and authority. So as you go into your discussion groups, you'll probably unpack those two stories. That'd be great. Yeah, awesome. Have a great week, guys. You'll hear from us next week. See you later.